0: Unbelievable. Let the Patriots win this game. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. How they ran the same play the whole game? That's a bomb. I mean, they were all they had to do is put an extra put some extra guys on the in the box. They obviously weren't gonna let Mac throw the ball. I mean the
1: Patriots were running some there was cool, no other play. The Patriots are running some good blocking schemes. And their offensive line, the last few weeks, has been one of the best in the league. It's just in absolutely fucking infuriating. And you know what's the worst? I think I saw Zach Wilson's um QB rating was like. 82.9 or something and Mac Jones's was 83. Like it was something stupid <laughs> like that. Just Zach. Like I was, meanwhile, if your brain works, you know that Zach had a much better game than Mac Jones. Cause Zach actually had a game.
0: Didn't, you know, I was, ta- I was talking to the gym teacher at my job today. He, he just go, we both said to ourselves, like the Patriots won last night with the high school football game plan. They legitimately yep. went out there like a high school football team. had, like you said, really good blocking schemes and somehow won that game i mean you know you were talking in in our thread how we're going to hear about like mac jones all week i think we're going to be hearing about bill belichick all week i think it's going to be an endless spew of how great bill belichick is all week
1: so we already have been hearing about um Mac, like I went into work today and everyone was, I mean, they were also just trolling me. It was hard
0: to separate. uh, Yeah. If I, if I was a patch fan working with you, I absolutely would have trolled you at work today. Oh yeah. I deserve it. I'm
1: not, there's no denials that I deserve it. I have earned all that trolling, but yeah, they were just basically like, well, you know, somebody held up the QB ratings for me and was like, well, clearly Mac was better than Zach, Zach Wilson was. And I mean,
2: I, I know they saw that last night.
1: And it was just like, holy shit! This is like, these are amazing numbers. I can just bring these into work. Sorry, Jared.
2: Given no, no, I was gonna say, given the weather, I'm not surprised at the lack of passing. But I didn't realize, like, I let's face it, I I went to bed. I didn't stay up and Mm -hmm. watch that game. Two of three for 19 yards. That's that's like a stat line that you would expect for like Jarvis Landry. And Jared. a yeah you're to... right
1: a wide receiver on a trick play but jared and right. one of the first the one of the throws was just like a little 10 yard out route that was wide open like nobody around the tight end and he still overthrew him and the guy just made like an incredible catch like it's how it's so that QB should ratings. go to receiver QB rating's stupid. QB rating stupid you it be been good like, in, an an bro- overrated in a broad in a broad sense but it, it i mean to say that his three-pass night where he o- almost overthrew a receiver and the receiver made a great play, and then the other one was just a screen and he missed a 10-yard out route, like, come on. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I guess we're doing a hard open, huh?
0: Yeah, for I those of you who haven't figured it out yet, this is Pop Sports Shorts. That's Matt. That's Jared. What's up, guys? And we're all yeah, kind we're of going to banter. On. And
1: then Dan just started the recording, so here yeah. we are.
0: Yeah, we're, all, we're kind of, yeah, yep. I mean, sometimes that's how I roll, you know? You got okay. to be smooth, just a little smooth right in on Are it. we
1: going to go, like, SNL, no song? And, like, we could be, like, pop sports shorts, and then you play the song or something like that.
0: Oh, that know. could anyway. be funny. I could try that. I'm going to try yeah. that, and then we're going to hear you talk about me trying that, even though it happened already. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to speculate on how either good or bad it is, and you'll see which one.
2: Uh... Josh, <laughs> Allen had, Josh Allen actually had a Mac Jones night. If you really like if you look at his previous nights, fifteen of thirty for 145. Well, you couldn't throw the, the ball throw for more, more than 10 yards.
1: yards.
2: Yeah. You couldn't let's throw the ball more than 10
1: say, yards. Cats out of the bag, we're talking on this game. So let's just let's get right into it on here. Um Patriots
2: 14, Bills 10. Wa. Yeah. I mean, I had to I had to send you that screen recording because I was scrolling through um, Instagram and I saw Barstool Sports and I saw the guy lining up and this was actually it was posted before the game. Well, and the I wind was it, definitely like, worse wait.
0: before the game.
2: It was
1: still oh, was pretty bad thing? in the game. Like you saw some throws just die. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Allen had a late pass to the sideline in the red zone that just like absolutely sailed and it. It looked like you could see the wind kind of catching it. And it right. was definitely a factor. I mean, the Patriots had the right game plan for it. I mean, they probably left like it's wrong. They probably left eight, like, you know, I'm just spitting out a number. They probably left, let's say, you know, nine points on the board by just doing their game plan, but it worked because they held the ball. They forced the bill. Every possession, the bills were trying to come from behind basically. Right. What it came down to. Right. Um, And yeah, I mean, the wind was a factor. Josh Allen wasn't very good. Uh, It's tough because as a Jets fan, you know, we know we suck. Dolphins fans had a little more hope, but once they got realistic about, you know, the current status of their team, we all jumped behind the bills because nobody in the AFC East wants to see the Patriots just continue their run. Nobody, but no fuck they were they were our hope we should never depend on the bills let's I, 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 don't say don't I don't think we can
0: i don't think we can get too upset at the bills just yet just because of the can i know both teams played in the conditions and i understand that but like that's not really a game where you can judge a team like fully either team i'm gonna all. do it
1: i'm gonna do it you're um, gonna do it because you're
0: depressed <laughs> and you're
1: upset <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the patriots because we unfortunately we've reached the part of the show where you have to say good things about the patriots um Their offensive line, as I mentioned before, has just been unbelievably dominant the last few weeks. Like just manhandling defensive lines. And that's no, those, that Bill's defensive line, they are no slouches. That is a good defensive line. And the Patriots just handled them all night. And it didn't matter when the Bills were putting extra guys in the box. It just, Damian Harrison and Steven, Damian Harris and Stevenson were just unbelievable. And it, I mean, there were so many gaps to run through. I've just, I don't know that I've seen an offensive line performance that dominant since maybe like old videos of like the set, you know, seventies football games or something like that. The like they were Raiders, just, like
0: old yeah. Raiders. And, and they weren't, Gino, it wasn't Sean, just like, art
1: shell. The cool thing was it wasn't just ground and pound. Like it was creative play calling from, you know, uh, McDaniels. Like he, he did a really good job. He called a great game and they kept it safe. And Mac Jones did nothing and got a win.
0: Yeah, and Damian Harris, man, he's having like quiet, like a Pro Bowl season over there in New England.
1: Um, Oh, he he, is. Yeah,
0: he really keeps putting up big game after big game. He finds the end zone. Um, When he doesn't, Stevenson does. They're one of the better, one of the better one-two back combos, I think, in the league. And like I said, you put him behind that dominant offensive line, a defense that's been playing really well too. Um, You know, a guy that's led by uh, Judon, Matt Judon, who's having also a great season. You know, they have good players doing great things. And, you know, that's just all that comes down to it. You know, and they're winning despite having, you know, a rookie quarterback who is above average at best. Limited. Um, They have, (laughs) I can't help it.
1: It's in my Mm -hmm. DNA. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They just, what's, what's crazy is I still get angry. Cause I still have Patriot fans talking to me at work about how, you know, they have an okay offensive line, but Mac Jones is overcoming a lot of issues around. And no, he's not that offensive Opposites. line has been one of the best in the league. <laughs> the receivers have been great. Guys have been getting open guys. have been getting separation too. And it's just the running game is unbelievable. And the defense is a top defense. It's been one of the best defenses in the league. Right. Like that is the best possible situation, maybe not since, not to brag, but not since Mark Sanchez on that Jets team in 2009 has there been a rookie probably plopped into a better situation.
0: Yeah, imagine the I'm Pats had a real quarterback.
1: Example. Yeah, which Mark Sanchez oh, also wasn't.
0: If the, Mac, pa- if the Pats Jones. had a real quarterback, they'd probably only have lost two games so far this season.
2: I mean, you're, what saying, I want, you're saying Mac Jones is not a real quarterback with his 84 QBR? Come on.
0: Mac Jones is, a, is an above-average at-best quarterback.
1: Yeah. He's, he's good. He knows what the thing about him is he knows how to read the defense. He knows how to make the right decision based on the look they're giving him. And in that offense, that's enough. And he's, he's, well and coached. he's not, I don't think he's very accurate. I mean, his ball placements. Okay. It's not like Brady's where Brady was like pinpoint on these routes where the ball was perfectly placed to avoid hits. Like he, he leaves his receivers out to dry quite often, but it is, it's, it works because it's that offense it's frustrating that they're probably going to be good for a while now because they're just i a didn't really even well-coached need to team. see the
2: box score at the end i was i walked into work this morning and my coworker had espn on and i actually saw as i'm looking at the stat line uh harris's longest run was 64 yards and that was the highlight that i saw and i said i, I already know what the final score was yeah once it, that it happened, was in you the favor of the patriots right. yeah like that and and it was clear like left right and just gone just open it up and it was i mean and that's and that right there that ability to have that running game is proof positive that the offensive line is is as solid as it is if any of our
1: football teams went out there with that game plan they would lose 31 to nothing even yours jared I mean, you're, you guys would be crazy to go out there and not throw with no. Mahomes. But I'm just saying, if ah. you guys went out there and you threw Mahomes th- and you had Mahomes throw three times in a
0: game, you guys, we'd all lose. That being said, the Chiefs are winning games. It's Patrick Mahomes at his best right now. now maybe yeah. maybe it would be 14. I'm sorry. I froze there for Let's a second. So I talked stuff. over to you. No. I apologize.
1: No, you didn't. I, that, I mean, maybe on your end. I'm like on my like end, that's I That's what did. the freezing yeah, does, yeah. Um, yeah, let's transition to the Chiefs because I'm sick of talking about the Patriots already.
0: Yeah, winning without Mahomes at his oh, yeah? best, dude. I,
2: I, I thought you enjoyed that. Yeah, I do. I like uh, you know, I, I just I want to be upset about it. I really I do want to be upset about it um, because there's just such there's no reason for it. There's really not like. They, in the beginning, you had the concern about the offensive line and the new players. Then you had, you know, guys, again, guys just dropping the football. But we've gotten past that. So now it's the excuse. Like, I, but, I, I, but they're it. winning still. Know. Yeah. They're but winning. they're still
0: and, winning. Like, dude. Just imagine so, when Mahomes does get back on track. They're winning without him on track. I would be ecstatic if I was you right now, dude. Like holy shit, family shit. Family my session, team's please. winning without like the best quarterback in the fucking world playing
2: yeah. at an elite level. Yeah. So please,
1: please, 20, talk me off the line. Dan.
0: Oh,
1: that's gonna sound weird because we all froze um, and talked a lot at the same time. <laughs> All right, so Chiefs twenty-two, Broncos nine. I'm going to therapy Jared really quickly here. So Jared, first of all, what teams are doing is they're taking away the deep plays on the Chiefs, and the blueprint got laid out there in the Super Bowl, I think, and it's just been being followed since then. It's not crazy; it's just force the Chiefs to march down the field, and it's not Mahomes' strong suit. He doesn't have that. That was Brady strong. Brady would, you know, you take away all those deep balls, and he's happy to just march down the field on you with short throws.
2: Mahomes is getting better at. Alex Smith's the thing.
1: Like yeah, he should well, have
2: learned from Alex Smith because that was Alex Smith's M.O. He didn't throw the deep ball.
1: Yeah, but you just had two years, almost two straight years of basically just ravaging teams with the deep passes and, you know, overlapping deep runs, things like that. It does take some getting used to. He's totally switching up his game plan. And the thing is, you still want him to stay aggressive. You still want him to look for those opportunities and be ready for it. I, You're winning. That's Dan. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, you're winning. Absolutely right. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing to get the the deep game back on track for the Chiefs is they're going to have to get another receiver to take the pressure off Tyreek Hill. Like Tyreek Hill is like yes. a really, really good receiver, right? He's the best, maybe the best in the league. And then you have a bunch of other guys who are kind of okay and Travis Kels.
2: And and that's I think that's the biggest problem. And I actually saw an article today saying that McCall Hardman, who – I mean, during the Super Bowl run, the successful Super Bowl run, was a huge part of distracting from Tyreek. So that would give him the open opportunities, and he he's not showing that at all. Like, he's not showing that ability whatsoever. And teams see that, and they're saying, well, we don't need to cover him because he's not doing anything. I mean, you have Robinson occasionally. But yeah, they don't have that. They don't have a Sammy Watkins lining up next to Hill to have defenses saying, well, shit, who do we leave open? Like, I mean, because how, Watkins was never kind of stellar, but he was enough. You should trade for Jamison
0: Crowder. Sorry. Yeah. Or you, or you could, I mean, you could in the offseason, you go after someone like Odell Beckham.
1: You know, they need a slot. Re- they need a slot receiver. There. And
0: That's and, and, and you know, and probably a slot receiver too. Matt, you're right. In, in addition, I think outside of Tyreek Hill, they might want to think about redoing their receiving core this offseason. The Chiefs.
2: Well, and and I feel like that was supposed to be the experiment with what's his face, the pothead, Um Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon. Captain. Thank you, Josh Gordon. But he just, I, I've I've seen him here and there show up during the game. And then he does nothing. Like I don't. I don't think he actually did. Just Gordon's time.
0: also old now too. Like he's been in the league for almost what, like seven, eight, nine years now.
2: Well, but is he old though? Because of those years, how many years has he actually played? Yeah, he has had the wear and tear, but he doesn't. Really... All... He doesn't have the
0: wear and tear, but he doesn't have the experience. He, has... he doesn't have the experience either. He doesn't have. He hey. doesn't have six or seven years of route running experience like that he should have.
1: Can I give you some uh yeah, yeah, yeah. can I give you some other something else to think about? So having lived up here, and Dan, Please. you spent some time up here, every time the Patriots have a win like what the Chiefs and the Patriots had so many wins like the Chiefs had, where Brady wouldn't play well and you know the defense won it, that kind of thing. Every time there would be a talk radio meltdown up here. And then all the time at the end of the year, the Patriots were right there with a the chance to win it because ultimately every team is going to sputter a little bit. You're coming off two like unprecedented years of amazing offense, like nothing like the NFL scene in its entire history. So anything other than that was going to seem disappointing to begin with. This is normal. This is like a normal ugly win, which ugly wins are something that, you know, the rest of us have to deal with on a regular basis and, the Patriots had many of en route to multiple super bowls. Trust me. I, I have gleefully listened to talk radio meltdowns from, you know, Felger and Maz and fans calling in to the sports hub up here. And just after the Patriots won a game like 13 to 10 or something like that. (laughs) And it's just, it's normal. I I went to a game. One of the years, the Patriots won a super bowl. I went to a game where they beat the jets 16, 13 and like the ugliest Thursday night football game ever. It's, it happens. You have ugly
2: wins.
0: Yeah. You know what? Especially you got to be, sorry, but... ha- and you got to be happy that the defense has figured it out. Oh,
2: yeah. the defense! Yeah, the defense again. I mean, they they were just hounding Bridgewater, just driving him yeah. nuts, and mm-hmm. and that led to the Dan Sorensen interception, pick six, which was absolutely beautiful. I loved it because, I mean, Dan Sorensen I mean, th- there's been a lot of talk this year about he needs to be benched. He needs to be cut. He needs to be let go. He's terrible. He's done. He's over. And I remember very vividly Dan Sorensen being the one who picked up the, the fake punt in the divisional round. If I remember, yeah, I think it was a divisional round uh, the year they won the Super Bowl and, picking up and stopping that play, which would have been a very crucial first down. And I'm just not ready to give up on him. So to see him get that opportunity and come in, pick six and celebrate his way all the way down the field. It was amazing. Loved it. Very nice, man. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was, I thought it was a good win for you guys. I I think that those are character building wins more so than, you know, bludgeoning another team 45 to three. So that's going to only help you, especially your defense, being able to close out a game like that when it comes to the playoffs, that's going to be
0: important. Um, but I, I hate
2: those 45-3. To...
0: T- <laughs> Jared, I hate to tell you, um, you're probably not going to get any help in regards to the Chargers this weekend <laughs> because they're uh, hosting the New York Giants on the road at SoFi Stadium. And oh, they're probably going to destroy the Giants, despite the fact that it's going to be in a second straight de facto home game for the Giants. Because they couldn't, you know. But a, a, who did the Chiefs have this week?
2: Uh, the shit.
0: You and know what? Yeah. I was
2: looking at the schedule. and then Yeah, I...
0: take a look real quick. Because you're not going to get help from the Giants. The Chargers are going to win this week. So, i So, I'm curi-
1: Chiefs are playing the Raiders. That's going to be a tough one. That's
0: good. In, Oakland, in Las Vegas or in Arrowhead? And, uh, no,
2: they beat him in, in Vegas, Arrowhead. so at
1: Arrowhead, yeah. Oh, yeah, she,
0: so, she's got
1: that. Raiders Raiders always play you guys well, though. That's the And Derek Carr is a top 10 QB in the league. Like, Derek, oh. there's, a, there's a whole meta debate, a meltdown. Before we get into there's a meltdown that happened on Twitter last week because one of the Jets beat writers mentioned that he thought a good comp for Zach Wilson was Derek Carr. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's actually a pretty good comp for him because it's, like, not Mahomes-level – eliteness, but like Derek Carr's an elite quarterback. He's leading the league in passing and Jets fans just melted the fuck down because the narrative around Derek Carr is that he sucks, but that just, it goes to show you people only pay attention to the narrative sometimes when it's not their team, but sometimes, he's a very good quarterback. Sometimes I think that defense gives up 35 points a
0: game. Sometimes I <laughs> think the narrative around Derek Carr is that he's David Carr's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's sometimes the narrative around him, like Oh, I remember Derek. Oh, his brother was number one pick, so he must think too. I feel like he gets really gets lumped into that sometimes. That and the fact, like you said, he plays for a Raiders team that seems to never have the they're right amount good. of support. That never seemed to be good enough. Like, yeah, if you put Derek Carr on a good team, I think he would be even better than he is now. Um, I do if not you think put Derek Carr's Carr on yet. the
1: Patriots they're probably undefeated.
0: Oh my! Could you imagine? He would be great yeah. in New England. Jesus
2: Christ! Jared, that's is exactly disgusted. what you No,
0: <laughs> that's decided. exactly
2: what you need, Matt. I mean, you, you I, I think I, I came on our preseason show. You off the ledge.
1: I know. I came on our <laughs> preseason show and said how big a fan I am of Derek Carr, and he's leading the league in passing. Like, he's a really good quarterback. And so when Jets fans melted down, I just immediately judged people and was like, wow, you really don't pay attention to anything but media narratives, do you? Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'll talk a little more about the do Giants. Let me talk a little yeah. more about the Giants. Let me talk a little about the Giants uh-huh. who kind of tagged on them. Um, they really suck. Um, they're really, there's not much more to that. They're going to be starting their third string quarterback this week in Jake Fromm, a University of Georgia alum that probably got the job because he was a teammate of Andrew Thomas. Um, I, words can't really describe where I am with them right now. Um, I can't remember the last time I've watched them do absolutely, I mean, all they really need to do in that game was score a touchdown and it might've swayed the tie to that game. And they just could never even come close to finding the end zone. Uh, it's, 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 it's time to so we're talking Dolphins,
1: t- Dolphins 20, Giants 9.
0: Yeah. Cause there was a, the last touchdown, the, the, the last scores at the end of the game were when it was kind of like over and the Giants were morally defeated at that point. And the Dolphins just tagged on a few extra <laughs> points. But throughout most of that game, I'd say at least until about midway through the third quarter, if the Giants could have punched one in like a touchdown in, it could have changed the vibe and trajectory of that game. But there was a point, I think, you know I want to say sure. late third, early fourth, where you knew it was over, and this team just didn't have the moxie to do it. I just don't think they're playing for Joe Judge. I don't think he's a head coach, and that's just all there is to it.
2: No. And it's
0: just time to clean house. It's time for a new GM, new coaching staff, new quarterback, new running back, new wide receivers, um, new tight this, new everything. Get as much like new in getting- there as you can. They've been Has trying Daniel to do that. They've been failing shape. miserably.
1: Are you ready for are you ready to say Jones is a bust or are you ready yes. to or do you feel do you feel that they haven't? Do you, uh, the, do you feel similar to how I felt with Darnold where it was like both ways, he wasn't good
0: and Yeah, you know what it bad. is? Because the
1: Shermer season,
0: he was pretty good like the Shermer season Jones, like actually showed some potential to be a good quarterback, like actually throwing touchdown passes and having 300 yard games and kind of keeping the Giants into it at times.
1: It's different before the league gets tape on you and starts adjusting to you though, and your tendencies. And that's That's a big part of it. So Sam Darnold also had a really, he had a really good year under Adam Gase. He finished his rookie year as um, he had the best QB rate. He, (laughs) QB rating, but he was one of the best. He was like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The last six games, his rookie year, he went toe to toe and lost in overtime with Aaron Rodgers. Once the league got tape on him and started to learn his tendencies, started to learn what worked against him. He just never adjusted. And that's why it takes three years because you see Mac Jones going out there now. Yeah. He looks really good. What happens when the league starts to adjust to what the Patriots are doing or his tendencies, Zach Wilson might look good one week, but what happens when tapes out there? Like
0: that's, that's why you just don't know until year three. Right and coaching is so important you know you know i think with maybe, at least maybe Shermer, if he was still calling plays you might have had someone there who's a good play caller to help him adjust but the guys they got in there now just aren't doing it for him and i think he needs to change the scenery jones i don't know if he's I like never... i don't know if he's gonna be like i don't know if, i don't know if it means he's gonna be like a starting quarterback i feel like he's a really good backup like in the nick Foles vein i think that's kind of where his career trajectory is going so in that sense, he's an absolute bust because what was he a number six pick or something? And he's not well, going to do l- it on the Giants.
1: Luckily, you can probably get a draft pick back for him because somebody will take a flyer on him. There's usually that's how. Yeah, you could Especially, maybe, especially, maybe get, especially maybe teams, a, a team like a team like the Colts who you know are never going to pick high enough in the first round for a quarterback that kind of right. thing. Um, that's why you take a quarterback wow. anyway. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so. My Just my final thoughts on Daniel Jones. I never saw much there to begin with. Even his first year under Shermer, I thought he was staring down receivers. I didn't think he was going through progressions or reading anything that was happening. It was a lot of bubble screens and plays behind the line of scrimmage too. So that's, I I was never sold on him. And I think he's just kind of, the tape's out there now. He's revealed himself. He is what he is. It's year three now.
2: And I think as long as Joe Judge is at the helm, I've never really listened to his press conferences. And I listened to, Call it a highlight from this week, and it was the most bumbling idiot responses I've ever heard in my yeah. life. So uh, he he needed to go before Garrett. Any gusto thing. or
0: swagger he had last season has completely been extinguished this season. It's long gone. Yeah, and he just it's, does team. The team's not playing for him. It's, it's like not hard wife, enough. It's almost
1: least. you. If you're going to be a coach that yells at guys and is a disciplinarian. there has to be results that come quickly.
0: Otherwise, it just gets old and, guys, stop listening to you. Right. like you're going to do the Belichick thing, you have to win like Belichick.
2: Yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, bumbling idiot responses, Matt, I wanted to uh, bring up your game because um, I heard some, some of the, I guess, receiver, no, defensive players, I think it was, being interviewed talking about they didn't game plan for Gardner Minshew. They game plan for um, Jalen yeah, Hurts. Yeah. Hurt, Jalen Hurts. Thank you. All I could think of was something Hurts. Um, yeah. I'm and, not ready. Go uh, ahead. Like, what? kind of stupid idiot responses that like, oh, we didn't game plan. for. Why would you put that
1: quote out there? That's my thing is why would you put that quote out there? It just doesn't serve any purpose other than to probably throw your defensive coordinator under the bus. The thing about this Jets defense is the defensive coordinator is going to be there next year. He's a first year. It's it's I mean, that defense right now is CJ Mosley and then a bunch of day three and undrafted free agent pick like that's all it is. There's not really a ton of talent there. Bryce Hall has been a nice treat. He's emerged as pretty much a good uh, second cornerback. You know, the kind of guy, if you have somebody who's a top, Michael Carter has been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Ashton Davis, I'm not super sold on. I mean, Quinn Williams has been great this year. He's had a great season, but he's only out there for like 63% of snaps because Robert Sala rotates everyone like crazy. I mean, there were key fourth downs last week where he had, second string defensive line out there he's that's what he did in san francisco is he rotated his defensive line and it worked i mean guys were fresh at the end of the year guys were fresh for that super bowl run but like you don't have the personnel you right exactly we're talking about the 49ers front four like when when they're rolling out there on like a fourth and one in a key moment and you see second string defensive linemen out there you're just kind of like what the hell is going on and i get it they're trying this year it isn't this all this year matters for is evaluation and development. So they're trying to give guys extra looks. The other thing is though, there's an entertainment value at fake play. Quinn and Williams with very little help on that defensive line has been an absolute monster when he's been out there. I think he's tied for Aaron Donald with a lot of the numbers with like to pull up their sack numbers right now. Jared just gave me a dirty look for even suggesting that um, pull up his sack <laughs> numbers and compare with Aaron Donald. Uh, Quinn and Williams has been out there for so many less snaps too than any of the other top defensive linemen. And his numbers are right there, but he plays for the jets. So it'll never, the narrative doesn't, you know, come around to that. Who's got the numbers ready while I talk, raise your hand when you get the numbers ready, I'm going to keep talking. So uh, Quincy Williams.
2: Okay. Jared's ready with the numbers. Okay. So you're, I'm looking at your defensive uh, your sacks. Oh, God damn it. So Quinn and Williams,
0: at, I have Quinn and Williams suck. at six sacks. Um, okay. And Aaron Donald at seven. Yeah. So his numbers okay. are right there. I mean, for an
1: interior defensive <laughs> lineman, if you're keeping pace with Aaron Donald with way less reps, you're doing it right. Yep. And the yeah. tape backs it up. I mean, he's been in the backfield. He's been an absolute monster. Like, we got a good one on our hands. He needs to be a little more consistent. Aaron Donald is a model of consistency. But we got a good one on our hands with Quentin Williams. His bro, Quincy Williams is out there taking meaningful snaps that shouldn't be happening. Dan, what's up? What
0: about John Franklin Myers? What do you think of him?
1: Love him. I mean, he's been great this year. He's had another one right, with after six sacks. His, right after he signed the contract, he had a few dud games and he's been back. So he's, I mean, the problem is though, these guys do disappear. Like they're young, they're kind of inconsistent. And so against, against the Eagles, they were shit. The defensive line was horrible against the Eagles. Another one who has popped up who could be like, you know, a nice depth corner is Michael Carter too. Um, Michael Carter, the second. He's been pretty good this year. Otherwise, though, this defense is not an NFL defense. I mean, the Eagles scored on every single possession. Our kicker missed two extra points, forcing them to go for two. Zach Wilson went toe to toe with the Eagles. I mean, they scored touchdowns on their first three possessions. Zach Wilson had three touchdowns. He had a good game. He had probably his best game as a Jet because he operated within the offense and then made some absolute wow throws when he needed to. Um, But ultimately, the Eagles had the ball like the entire second half. And there were still, there's this contingent of Jets fans that I knew this would happen. I wanted the Jets to draft Justin Fields. I thought I was very upfront about that. But Zach Wilson's the guy. So let's get behind him and support him. There's this contingent of Jets fans who I'm Vince just want him to fail. And it's absolutely infuriating. He threw a bad interception late in the game when he was trying to force something. And it is what it is trailing in a game. You're trying to make a play through a bad interception. It is, you know, it was a bad throw, bad read late, all that, but otherwise he had probably his best game as a jet. And it's just absolutely infuriating that when the defense gave up a score on every single possession, we have jets fans out here trying to say it's Zach Wilson's fault. Those
2: people are fucking stupid. (laughs) End of <laughs> but if you had, if you had, had Mac Jones, you know he, yeah. he would have made it happen.
1: Oh my fucking god! I saw a comment on Twitter. Somebody wrote, "We should have drafted Mac Jones because he's a real leader." After his three pass performance yesterday, are you fucking kidding me? How stupid can you be? How fucking dumb are these people that they just everything is about heart wanting it more? I hate that shit. I hate these. Sorry.
0: No, no, I don't totally. blame you, dude. It's an Literally absolute not. nonsense comment. Um It's a I nonsense said, comment. I don't get how I don't know how you do it up there in New England with the Patch fans and Mac Jones. It's nice down here because oh, I yeah. find the New York guys are not buying into that. They're like, this guy's managing games and because I think New York like radio has seen Mac Jones with Mark Sanchez. They're like, here's a guy popped yeah. into a perfect situation where all he has to do is manage the game and not make mistakes.
1: Yeah. And yes. he's been good at that. Like, yes, he's been
0: fantastic say, at it.
1: Yeah, he's been the best rookie quarterback. But he's also in the best situation. If you right. took him and plopped him onto the Jets, he'd be—he'd probably have like 15 interceptions and like two touchdowns right now.
2: Put him exactly. in Houston, he'll fall apart.
1: Yeah, oh. it's just situation matters. It's a team sport, and I'm—oh my god, I i rant a lot at work about how QB wins are the dumbest stat ever. Like when people reference how many wins a quarterback has, it's just—it's a team sport. It makes no sense. So of course they're like shoving QB wins. Like they're putting stats on my sending me stats in the middle of the day about Mac Jones wins versus the other rookies. And it's just, they're being trolls too. The fact of the matter is Zach Wilson has been better than Trevor Lawrence and better than Justin Fields and worse than Mac Jones. But the narrative around Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields is that they're really good prospects in bad situations. The narrative around Zach Wilson is that he's a bust. It's just, the media narratives drive me nuts.
0: I think there's a lot of just frustration after years and years of Jets, you know, quarterback busts. I think or quarterback yeah. strife will call it. I just think that's what it is. What Jets fans weren't anything else. You know, most Jets fans feel yeah. like the only great quarterback they ever drafted was Joe Namath. And even he's, considered by May to be the most overrated quarterback of all time, which I don't agree with because I think he changed the way the game was played in the sixties. So I don't think he's as overrated. As some people make him out to be, but it was a lot of jets fans that have been waiting 50 years for the next Joe Namath. I think that's the frustration you're hearing from jets fans.
1: Toughen up fellow jets fans. I'm 37. I've been real 36. It's going to be there. I lose track. I'm right there with you. You know, I'm not some of the, I've never seen the jets win anything. I'm frustrated too. We watched as this team just has drafted like shit since 2007 and we're seeing the results of that. There's no foundational talent to build around in this rebuild. So it's going to take some time and there's going to be a lot of
0: frustration. And we knew that going in. I don't know why anybody is surprised. See at this point, it's funny you're talking and I'm kind of hoping like what the, the road, the giants take to switch back to that real quick. as they kind of go into uh, the redo of their rebuild and, um, I kind of hope they take like a Garner Minshew or something next season and have him start, and just keep stockpiling up whatever talent you can get in the draft. They have what two high picks this year. Spend them on an edge rusher. Spend it on another offensive lineman. Don't don't reach for a quarterback this year. So I said, sign a Minshew to come in and just kind of at least keep the ship steady. Someone with some fire too, like you know, you got you got to love that guy. (laughs) <laughs> he's like one of my favorite <laughs> quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, did you see I a video the of him and his dad? Oh, him and his dad? Yeah. How could you not love that? Yeah. He looked like he that was, was cool. ready to go play another 60 minutes of football when he was celebrating with his dad. He was so pumped <laughs> up. And he plays for the Eagles. That guy's pumped up to play for the fucking Eagles. Like, imagine if he had got to play game. for a team that wasn't the Eagles. He had uh, a really good game. He, he's, had a lot of, he's had a fair amount of good games in his career. That guy, like, made it kind of work in Jacksonville, kind of, sort of. Like he yeah. started in Jacksonville and did not get dumped out of the league afterwards. That is an accomplishment. The thing,
1: the thing is, the Jets' plan right now, though, is total bottom out. Like that's what they're doing. Is they're just bottoming yeah. out, and that's, I mean, that's what a rebuild looks like when you don't have anything to build around. Right. Um.
0: So official end of rant now. I will let yeah. you guys talk. Is the that, uh, is the, that
2: the, like the good.
0: I was just saying to, to 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 go with the Giants thing. I think they're kind of still in that total rebuild. You know, they have a couple pieces. I think Ojalari has been proving himself to be a good piece this year. He's got six and a half sacks. He's done some great work. He could be like edge rusher number two when you draft the top guy this year. And he's got to get good on the line. If they put all those pieces in place, then maybe you know, if you have Minshew and you go and you win, you know, six games with him next year you're still going to draft top 10 and hope there's a lot more quarterbacks in next year's draft class.
2: I mean, at least make it competitive. I mean, so that you're not getting completely drilled out of every game. I mean, it's put, put butts in seats. Um, You know, that's, that's the biggest, if you're putting butts in the seats, like you're, you're bringing in the income. I mean, you look at some of these teams, and the and the stands are starting to get empty because they just, even winning, they just don't give a shit. Not, not so much the case in Detroit, by the way. Hey, hey, the uh, Lions
0: finally won. They're finally no longer finally won. the greatest zero-win team ever.
2: I didn't think you were going to celebrate that as much because they took that win against your, your homies, the Vikings. Like, well,
0: no, really... no, 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 no. I don't bet against the Lions, dude. I learned that I learned that this year, dude. The Lions always cover <laughs> yeah. the spread. Like my 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 uh my buddy was telling me, he's like, yeah, I took the Vikings this week, and I'm like, that is a dumbass idea. The Lions always cover. They're the best zero win <laughs> team ever. That. They are a couple bounces away from being a four win team. They should have beat the Vikings the first time they played them.
2: Yeah, you and, know, uh, um um I was honestly surprised that that game was as competitive as it was um Dude, you're but. doubting them
0: lions. the lions, if the, the lions can just get some more talent they're a seven eight win team a lot quicker than you think they are and they're going to draft really high this year they're probably not going to draft the quarterback yet but i think they could probably do one more season with goff before they address the the elephant in the room which is the quarterback kind of like the rams did and maybe at that point your team's built up enough that you can trade goff for the good quarterback just like the Rams did with Stafford. And you can kind of almost like come full circle if you're the Lions. Because that team plays for Dan Campbell. They play hard. They hustle. They hit. they, They play pretty good defense, you know. So it's just getting more pieces in place, getting some weapons on offense. They haven't had a real wide receiver since Megatron. They haven't had a real running back since Barry Sanders. And they haven't had a real quarterback since scott fucking mitchell oh matt stafford that's right i forgot about matt stafford before matt they stafford had, yeah, it was scott that. mitchell maybe scott mitchell you know he was a good quarterback those lions teams in the 90s were a lot better than people remember they were being but uh anyways on that note congrats to the lions on getting your first win this year hmm. there will be no zero zero win team this year in the nfl uh jared thank you uh for as always for uh coming and chatting football with us do you have any parting shots before we go
2: I did have one more shot across the bow. Um Lamar Jackson, all you had to do was put it in his fucking hands and you won that game and you choked.
0: He made a his interception choked. was a bad throw too. It was a
2: bad it, interception. It, it, it was all he had to do, just yeah. a gentle throw. Your tight ends wide open for the two-point conversion, you win the game and you fucked that up. And Lamar's you know had what? He's had a rough go and and my very last thank you to the Washington Redskins thank you Ooh. thank you you said the evil word i had
0: I, <laughs> oh shit that, you know what i don't even care i i, don't see, even I, care. I got used to it pretty speed. i got used to it pretty quickly because i think it's funny they don't have a team name but yes congratulations
1: all right. Well, thanks, Jared, for coming on and uh, talking some NFL with us. Sorry I dominated that, guys. I did a little, I got a little passionate there with the Jets rants, but uh, I feel you like know, you got a little more passionate with
2: the
0: Patriots rants, more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I
1: I think you dealt with, I think that's some pent up energy from uh, working with all these Patriots fans who are just out to troll me all day. And I deserve that. I, I've done nothing to not have that be what I should deserve from my coworkers because <laughs> trust me, when Mac Jones has a bad game, the first time Mac Jones has a bad game, I will be. I'll be out there. Um, all right. So let's move across the pond uh, to some English Premier League football. And uh, why don't we just start with the first game of the weekend, Dan? What a what a way to kick off a weekend. Man, what a, what a weekend. What a, what a, what a what right goal. Into it. What, what an unbelievable, unbelievable game.
0: You know it's crazy? A-
1: Okay, so before, first of all, before we before Dan before Dan goes into this, what we're talking about is uh, West Ham three, Chelsea two. Go ahead, Dan.
0: No, it's crazy, and I'll let you take it. This is the type of shit wins like that that usually happen to Chelsea, and not yes. West Ham. Like that's the, the, like the the weird bounce and like the like like you said, like teams have been kind of cheating up on West Ham with the crosses. But, like, mm-hmm. man, that goal, like I said, he kicked it into the area. And the area, the area within the area he kicked it to just happened to be the top left corner of the net. And Mendy happened to not be there. Like, that's the best way to describe that last goal of that match. Yeah. So, game was great. A
1: uh, couple of thoughts. I mean, just to start out, so – um To open up the scoring, it was, I mean, this felt very, uh, this felt very like, like bad things were going to happen right off the bat. So West Ham started out pretty bright. They actually had some good chances and you could see they had an idea of going at Chelsea and, you know, taking advantage of some of the injuries they had. Um, They went right after Jorginho and Jorginho got put on a yellow pretty early. Like they clearly had a plan. Uh, And then Chelsea got a corner, you know, they had some chances, but, Basically, on like the second corner attempt, because West Ham cleared the first one, Tiago Silva rose up above Mikel Antonio, who just misjudged it and didn't jump at all. Didn't jump. He just nodded, just nodded it in jump. a header. Yeah, that one was on Antonio, and he kind of had a few bad games, so there was a little bit of worry there, but uh, we'll get to that. Nodded in the header. Uh, Fabianski got a fingertip on it, but it went in to make it one, nothing Chelsea. But then in the 40th minute, just a weird ass back pass to Mendy. That was totally unnecessary. Chelsea put themselves in trouble. Yeah. Mendy scrambled, but Bone got in there, got to the ball and Mendy took him down to give West Ham a penalty, which then Lanzini just absolutely buried. And one of the big pleasures so far this season, and it started last year and it's really starting this season is Manuel Lanzini's wreck, you know, just rejuvenation. Like he looks like a different player. He's different. He doesn't have the same burst of speed he used to have, but he's adjusted to that. They're putting him in a bit of a deeper role. And the last few weeks he's been arguably one of us, Sam's best players. So he got the start today and deserved it. And then he took the penalty and tied it up just before the half. Ben Johnson pulled his hamstring and Mason Mount ran into the box and just absolute beautiful pass into him. And first time hits it past Fabianski near post and you know, unbelievable finish. He went side-footed, so he had to really try to guide it into that. But it's one of those goals where he hit it just right off the volley. And, uh, you know, if he laces that, it's a roll of the dice. But because he guided in with his side foot, he had just enough juice on it to get it past Fabianski. And then right before the half, make it 2-1. And Mason Mount, best bros with Declan Rice. So he starts taunting the West Ham fans a little bit and, you know, putting his doing the thing, the ears, I can't hear you, that sort of thing. Might have regretted that later. Bad move. Bad move. So, bad move. West, Ham, West Ham made some adjustments at halftime and they came out. Uh, they dealt with a couple of injuries here, too. They lost uh, Ben Johnson and Kurt Zuma. Johnson's going to be out a few weeks. Zuma's going to be out a few months, though. That's a big loss for West Ham. No, they now lose Zuma two starting on center backs.
0: They lose Zuma on the tackle,
1: um, on. Um, I don't even know what tackle you're talking about. That is how crazy Chelsea fans are. You're, Dan's pointing out. So apparently, Chelsea fans online and some meta debate are super angry about some tackle Zuma made. I don't even know what tackle you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, it's probably like nondescript it was. They're just a bunch of fucking babies who can't. Yeah, Chelsea
0: fans are. acting like bitches. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But was um, that, the, you don't know if that was the play? That's more of my.
1: No, was- this was like he was running with, uh, he was running and, uh, just kind of pulled up a little bit. And, uh, I guess he did some damage to his hamstring. It's going to be out a few months. So 56 minute, uh, Sufa, you know, Antonio kind of starts a move. Sufa takes a ball in the box and kind of nudges it to Jared Bowen, who just puts on an absolute lace as the ball past Mendy into the corner to tie it up. So two, two. And at this point you really felt like West Ham had had a really good run of play. They were starting to look better than Chelsea and you really felt like they had a shot to at least get a point, maybe all three craziness happens though. 87th minute, Arthur Masuaku uh, credits the ball boy first. So ball goes out of play. Antonio is screaming for it. The ball boy who is, you know, an Academy player for West Ham gets the ball as quickly as possible to Antonio before Chelsea can get bodies back. He throws it into, you know, Masuaku and just heads it back to and or er, Yeah. Matsuako throws it into Antonio, who heads it back to him. And then Antonio does this thing. He realizes the defender's marking him. So he tries to streak down the line and get Matsuako a little bit of space for the cross. Matsuako puts the cross in, but I'm convinced he toe-balled it and just like... Because this is what happens when I play. If I go to put in a cross and I toe-ball it, the ball goes straight and then dips like that. And that's what happened. Off his foot, if you watch it, it just it's like a straight line and then a little bit of dip at the end. It was a pretty lucky goal, but Mendy was out of his goal, cheating the cross. So he got cut off and then uh, didn't react quickly enough. And the ball went into the corner. And you've been seeing this with West Ham the last few weeks, goalkeepers are cheating the cross and they're coming way out of goal to try to prevent counterattacks, you know, to get to that ball that's kind of in no man's land a little earlier. And so you've seen West Ham trying to take advantage of, that particular one with a lot of like long shots on goal from halfway. But, right. Um, but yeah, so great game. I mean, absolute scenes at the London stadium. One of those famous wins you'll look back on for years. They've now beat Liverpool three, two at home. And now they've beat Chelsea three, two at home. So they've played Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea all once and taken six points from those games. I mean, can't do much better than that.
0: It's the fortress, the Olympic fortress. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really turning into that. Uh, I I still am like goosebumps from that game because it was just when Bowen put in that goal and it was like a world-class goal from outside the box. Like I just, yeah, I, I didn't fancy, like, I didn't feel like we had a chance. And then the the more the game went on and the more we started getting chances and, you know, West Ham won on XG too. So it's not just a fluke. Like they actually were the better team at creating chances.
0: That's yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah um, great game. Yeah, it's a great game, and it's a very just <laughs> taking advantage of Chelsea's mistakes. And I feel like that's what West Ham really does better than a lot of teams in the league against like the top the top six clubs is when they do make mistakes. It seems like West Ham really, really does make you pay for it. And they've been like I said, they've been doing all season, beating Liverpool, beating City. Um, all the kudos to them.
1: Yeah, I mean they're in fourth right now. Tottenham Hotspur in fifth with a game in hand, but what I will say about Spurs run uh, Spurs make me nervous. Cause I think with Conte, they can be good, but right. you guys have crept back up the table against the bottom of the table. So it's what they needed interesting to do to see. Yeah. That's exactly what, what they need ex- to do. Yeah. What I'm most excited about with West Ham is that they've played most of the teams in the top half. Now. I mean, they've played Villa, Brighton, Wolves, United, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, city, um, and Brett, you know, Everton and Brentford and palace. They've played all the teams up top. They're, you know, haven't really come up against any of the relegation clubs except Newcastle yet. So, and Southampton, I guess. But so I'm excited because hopefully our run now, you know, we get Burnley on Saturday. We can actually pick, theoretically, I would favor us to pick up points in all the upcoming games. Now it's Christmas, Max, you know, fixture congestion. I wouldn't, they're going to drop some points, but picking up points here was huge, especially after some flat
0: performances against Wolves and Brighton. And not just points, picking up three points. Um, yeah. Spurs are hot on the tail. Again, they are taking they did. Uh, they're taking care yeah. of business against the bottom of the table. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to call it a good showing against Norwich. I know you so sent Spurs me the XG three, over, which nothing. Yeah. Thursday Norwich nil. Um The XG doesn't really tell the story for Norwich. They had you a really a lot. Here's my thing. They had a really <laughs> great chance in the beginning that Lloris saved. They had a great chance at the end that they just completely shanked. I forget who I forget which player it was in Norwich. Outside of that, I mean they could they control possession a lot, but they never really penetrated Spurs deep in their own end. And Spurs always seemed to win the ball back and start counters. Their counter game was okay, we'll call it. Um, but they did score it two of their three goals off it. Uh, Lucas's goal was was a beautiful goal from outside the box um, where he kind of broke the ankles of a couple of Norwich players, uh, laid it off to Sun. Sun laid it back to him. And then uh, Lucas just blasted it home into the top left. Yeah. Really nice goal. World um, class goal. World-class goal. One of one of the Spurs best goals of the season. And uh, Lucas's first premier league goal since I think last season. So he definitely, uh, he, he had one, I think either taken away on an own goal earlier in the season, like you know, it was his, goal but it wound up being an own goal so it was good for him to get back on the score sheet because he's played a lot better than his numbers indicate in the league this year uh second goal set piece sanchez um sanchez had like your classic sanchez game he had he drove you a little crazy defensively but he did get himself a goal so good for him and the third goal was by son a goal he deserved uh took a uh davies brought i think it was davies brought the ball into the area um, laid it off the sun who low, who put it right into the right corner. Um, deserved it. He had to put in a great shift. Um, Harry Kane put in a better shift, did ask some questions. Um, he had a nice, pretty heavy shot on goal to the lower right of the net. Uh, d- d- dealt with by Tim Kroll, who was eternally a thorn in the side of Tottenham. Um, but once again, you know, his, it was nice to see his shirt dirty a little bit. It was nice to see him like getting a little, it seems like he's a little more inspired, but. It's still not what you expect of Harry Kane and his his form for country is still just at a completely different level than it is for club, and it's kind of to be expected at this point. Um, I thought Ryan S- Ryan Sessignan put in a really good shift, relieving uh, Serge Regulon. He was very aggressive on the attack. He was responsible defensively, and that was really good to see out of him because he hasn't gotten a lot of uh, action. And I think you might see him a little more, especially if Regulon's injury, which I think was a hammy, is anything serious. Um, but that being said, um, a game Spurs need to get three points. You have to get three points when you play Norwich, and they not only got three points, they got the clean sheet. Um, Larissa said made one really huge save to keep that clean sheet, and that 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 goal would have went in. It might have changed the trajectory of the game because it was early. um Norwich's late chance. It was still I, one nothing. It was still one nil. I, yeah. But I will like, say – oh, go ahead. I'll say, but the late chance, I mean, yeah, that's going to help your XG count, but it wouldn't have helped them win the game. It just would have made a 3-1. to one.
1: So I had a different take on this game, and it was just – I thought this was an okay performance from Spurs. I would have expected a little better against Norwich. I thought Norwich actually played pretty well. Um I thought your performance against Brentford was your best performance the last few weeks. I thought you were
0: much better in that they game. They were. I um, think they were much better against Brentford, too. And Brentford's just Brentford's the, better the team. only game.
1: Brentford was the only game I would have actually made the argument you definitely deserve to win. I thought Leeds were better in the Leeds game. Um, and I thought you guys kind of stole that one a little bit. Uh, but they yeah. they I were. Mean, they, they the, the, the Spurs were was, better the at the end is, of that
0: match when they needed to be.
1: The questions are still there with Spurs. They haven't gone away and you have a game in hand right now against a relegation club. So you should probably beat Burnley and go up above us, assuming you don't drop points elsewhere, but like, I, I'm not convinced it's the same thing I have with Manchester United. Everyone's like Manchester United. And you know, when you're ready, we can move on to that game. Everyone's saying Manchester United's back, but I don't think they're answering any of the questions. I'm still seeing kind of the same issues that I saw before, just, They're getting a result now. It's so, I mean, you're talking about a one nil
0: result over Palace. too. it's not like they're going out there. Like at least Spurs, like their scoreline was three nil and it looked dominated. And you can dissect that it wasn't as dominating. And I think that's why I said, like I said, their counterattacks off Norwich were okay at best. They should have been better. They probably should have had four or five goals in this match if they were really like clicking on all cylinders. I 100% agree with you. It was definitely closer to to okay. But Norwich wasn't have, as good as the XG makes him out to be. I will tell you that. I
1: see. I, I don't
0: know. I disagree there. I thought they were. I thought
1: I thought if Norwich walked out of that game with a point, it would have been a fair result is what I felt like uh, watching it.
0: Norwich couldn't uh, have fin- Norwich couldn't finish though. They just controlled the ball in the middle of the field for most of the match and had a couple chances that were really good chances. They had two really excellent chances.
1: I didn't think Spurs created all that much from open play that was no, I mean, they set pieces obviously count but I mean it's just I I watch that game and I think this comes back to how you and I watch things I think you look for the positives even if the positives <laughs> are like 30 percent of the overall picture you'll focus on that 30 percent whereas I'm always like uh, but I'll also focus on the negative when it's like 10 percent of the overall picture
0: right I, and 30 percent positive
1: game. will win you a soccer match I I Yes, I agree. I watched that game. I still think I think a point probably would have been a fair result, but
0: I think Norwich just doesn't have the quality to finish those chances. And Uh, that's why it's not a fair. That's why the Spurs got the three points. Quality is what won that that match. Yeah. Um, So uh,
1: Manchester United won. Crystal Palace no. Uh, Poor Palace, man. They're getting ravaged by injuries now. They had such a hot start. They Mm -hmm. played so well. They walked out of the you know, they had the toughest schedule to r- open the season. They walked out of it with points from a lot of games and now they're kind of flailing with all these injuries. Uh, they look scared of Manchester United. That was, that would be my takeaway from this. They looked like they were giving them a little too much respect and it allowed Manchester United who didn't look very good or adventurous to kind of grow into this game, but Fred, Fred scored, you know, Fred, the guy Fred. who, uh, Fred, he <laughs> <scored>. fucking Fred <laughs> um, scored a great goal too. He's been, he's been great. He was great for them. I, Fred was their best player against Chelsea. They drew Chelsea 1-1 earlier in the week. And uh, right. Fred was Manchester's best player against Chelsea. And he had another great game. They're playing him a little higher up the pitch. And I think that's helping. Uh, Ole was playing him in kind of a deep holding midfielder role. And it just wasn't really for him. I, I'm i still not convinced. I think if Palace had been even somewhat adventurous, they probably could have gotten something from this match. Uh, but they really just looked like they were playing not to lose. Right.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, that's kind of something that uh, mid- mid-table clubs, that's like a trap they fall into sometimes when they play, uh, you know, bigger clubs. I put bigger in quotation marks like United because I don't consider what the way they played this year like a bigger club. Like you said, I think well, it was an so, opp- it's an opportunity for Palace to like, hey, let's try and press this bigger club and make a statement. This was the perfect game and they didn't do it.
1: So here's why I overanalyze some of these results sometimes. And I think it's just happening based on situation. My team is in fourth right now and I look at the other teams around us fighting for that spot and I think we're head and shoulders better Um, you know all the other clubs in those spots are getting beat by the big three you know three nothing four nothing and we're taking points off them like I and I it's but it's also like there's a lot of self-doubt there like I look at that and I'm like am I just reading this wrong am I crazy like are we like I look at this I think we're better than Manchester United we're better than Arsenal we're better than Spurs like I think we're it's going to come down to squad depth as to whether we can finish in that fourth spot. Are we going to be able to sustain injuries and, you know, guys getting tired, that sort of thing. But that's sometimes why I overanalyze these because I'm sort of pinching myself a little bit. I'm like, wow, we are actually, there's a gap between the top three and us. And then there's a gap between us and the rest, and it's just going to come down to health. And form as to whether we can hold on
0: to it. Yeah, that's a fair Um, statement. Absolutely, man. That's, 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 I think 100%. That's why I
1: keep keep overanalyzing these results because it's like I'm pinching myself and I'm like, we really are actually putting up better efforts than all these clubs around us. So I don't
0: even think you need to overanalyze it. I think the eye test just tells you that. You just look at the way West Ham, their, their their players just go out there and and the way they work and they said the work rate and they have the talent to, you know, to go with the work rate, they're just like you said, not as talented as the big three, but they completely outwork the next three, which I consider United, Spurs, and Arsenal.
1: And the big deal is going to be they had some lackluster results against Brighton and Wolves, which I consider just bad performances. They need to make sure. Hopefully, it's the wake-up call that like the energy they brought to Chelsea. It's going to require that energy against Norwich. Like you're not just gonna right. you're not just gonna win on class because that's just not how it's going to work for West Ham in our history uh maybe i'm going with narratives and i talked earlier about how i hate narratives but like you're not going to win just on class alone you're going to have to bring out like good effort and create really good chances against those teams a uh, couple of other noteworthy ones um southampton brett one brighton won. southampton for clinging to that one goal lead deep into extra time like it was they called 10 minutes just because of some uh injury time things injury like that time, yeah. and, just as he did, and you know, luckily we didn't have to record a pod after West Ham's Wednesday loss or Wednesday, it felt like a loss. but uh, Neil Mappe got a when Brighton were playing with 10 men because of injuries, uh, Neil Mappe found an equalizer against West Ham in like the 89th minute to uh, steal a point there. And they actually did deserve a point, like a point was the correct result. West Ham were really lame in that game. Uh, same thing here, Southampton clinging to a one goal lead and Brighton found Neil Mop again. And again. I think they were down, da- they were down to 10 men too, because I think uh, Leandro Trossard had to come off with an injury and they, no, they to weren't down. The oh yeah. With the injury. Men. That's
0: right. They were the injury. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's it was right. the
1: same in the West Ham game. Nobody got sent off. It was just because right. of injuries. They had to see it out with 10 men and same thing here. And then, uh, Neil Mappé, who wastes so many chances earlier in the game, does his thing, I guess, deep into stoppage time. And it's what he does, man. Right? It's just yeah. what the fuck he does. <laughs> that was a cool result. Uh, other big one in the relegation race, Newcastle got the six-point play over Burnley, winning one nothing. Um, So all the relegation clubs are now tied with 10 points at the bottom of the table. So that's going to be a fun one to watch this year. And there's – I would argue that, like, from almost 10 through – yeah, uh, that that middle to bottom of the table is a little squishy. Like it's like a Venn diagram. There's a lot of clubs that could I could see falling out of the middle of the table really quickly into that relegation race if some of these clubs start
0: picking up points. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, um, get, Brentford's got to be careful. Palace definitely has to be careful. Um, they have to get back to what they were doing early in the season. Um, yeah, yeah Leeds, Leeds, and Southampton. Have to be careful. Um, I think Everton will be fine. I think Leicester and Villa are gonna be fine. But um yeah, yeah I, I for me it's more like starting I'd say at like the thirteenth spot of the table. Those are the teams that have to be wary of the relegation squads. Yeah. Um and speaking of Everton, uh
1: we're going all around. We're not even sticking to order anymore. But Everton two, Arsenal 1. Uh Arsenal took a Everton had a Richardson goal ruled offside. Lovely match early late in the second half. And I, I, I mean, Dan and I were both hoping for the same thing. I'm sitting here hoping Arsenal just drop points because they're chasing fourth too. So. Arsenal, after that Everton goal is ruled offside, Arsenal come back and score on just actually a beautiful cross and um, Odegaard just guides it home. Uh deep into the stoppage time at the end of the first half, because there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of breakage in that first half. Uh, Everton were the better team though. I mean, especially in the second half, the yeah. fans were insane. They were pouring it, but Everton were pouring it on. They had another Richarlison goal ruled offside and both of them, it was just barely like the second one. I'm still, I still look at it and I don't see where he was offside in the second one, but you know, so be it. Uh, technology says he was. Finally, though, Damari Gray outside the box puts a shot in, bounces off the crossbar right to Richarlson, who heads it home for what should have probably been his third goal of the game. I was laughing. I was laughing if he was going to do the VAR hat trick, like if he was going to have a third goal ruled offside by VAR. And it was actually, it wasn't that close. But for a second, I looked at the replay and I was like, oh, shit, he might have been off. But uh, tied it up in the 79th minute. And then in the 90, you know, late in the 92nd
0: uh, minute, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I have yeah, part of the recording here that I'm going to play loudly in a second. But basically, Damari Gray gets the ball outside the box and just absolute laced is just one of those aesthetically beautiful curling shots, hits the post and then goes in. And it's the just most like,
0: beautiful goal in the game. There's nothing more
1: beautiful than the that goal. goes in or the crossbar yeah. and goes in. It's just always so aesthetically pleasing. And again, Everton, that two one lead. And I mean, those, they're in a, I mean, they were in a run of seven games without a win. And they're, you know, big result for them. Uh, also, big result for the top four chase because Everton dropped points. And uh, honestly, ever or Arsenal dropped points. And honestly, Everton deserved the win. When Arsenal got that one nil lead, they played behind the ball. They played safe. They just were kind of getting weak possession. But, The highlight of the goal was Martin Tyler's reaction. Oh, man.
2: Hang on one more time. Don't,
1: don't. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he was uh, so good. He was so surprised by it and like so in the moment that reaction. Yeah, he definitely
0: uh, he uh, definitely sounded like he nut himself, dude. It was unbelievable so <laughs> unexpectedly nut himself <laughs> <laughs> it's like is that's not you don't you don't hear that much from him i feel
1: yeah i would yeah. agree
0: it's he's he's a good cop he
1: he's good at what he does yeah i like what um, he, I,
0: I like his work. but yeah that was he, his reaction and his his call of it definitely made that goal a lot more special <laughs> yeah and it was against um, Ever, our arsenal so it made it a lot more special
1: yeah, we both enjoyed that. I mean, yeah. I was watching that uh, while I was working, and I definitely celebrated as if,
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> you said that to me. I think I was just getting. Oh no, I I was off yesterday. I was feeling under the weather yesterday, and that's why so I took a sick day. Goal. But yeah, what a um, what an unbelievable goal! I like slept all day yesterday. I didn't watch, I could have been like watching uh, football. And I just slept yesterday.
1: It's a good game. It was a good Monday night football matchup. And the Everton fans started out they tried to do their walkout in the twenty-fifth minute or whatever it was, but uh most of them stayed and it's good they stayed.
0: Uh, Cause Oh I didn't know they were I didn't know they were organizing a walkout. Oh
1: yeah, against the board there. They're uh they've had enough. Um, yeah. I mean, Everton spent a lot of money, but just sort of aimlessly. And what's funny is the players they got, like Damari Gray was 1.8 million pounds. That was the steal of the summer. Every Manchester United fan will try to tell you that Ronaldo was the best signing of the summer, but like, yes, Ronaldo's good, but he's obviously he's an all-time great. Okay. But Damari Gray has been so good for Everton and he only costs yeah, 1.8 million Yeah, exactly. Pounds. Like, that's just... I get it. Big club bias. Those fans hate talking about about themselves, but like that's unbelievable.
0: It's all about your bang Uh, for your buck. That's yourself. Yeah. I get what you're saying completely. Um,
1: all right. Moving on to the other Liverpool team, Liverpool or wolves zero Liverpool one. This one was a heartbreaker for wolves. I mean, Liverpool were not themselves. They were out there missing chances. You know, they just didn't look quite right. It was a rough game for them, but your favorite Origi. uh, Stole one in the 95th minute uh, of 90 of in the fifth minute of five minutes of stoppage time. He just uh Salah cut a ball back to him with uh, after a great run and just uh buried it to give Liverpool one, nothing win and keep them because West Ham taking points off Chelsea was big for that title race because city were able to take care of business at Watford and go top of the table, which Ma- West Ham and Manchester city fans. We just have a little unique connection. Um, we like each other. So my first thought was when we beat, chelsea i was like okay now now you go top you go top go on and
2: <laughs> like uh
1: there's just it, i think it's probably because fan they were sim- they were us before they you know got bought out by big oil so right. it is what it right. is but yeah um liverpool big points for liverpool uh keeps them from going down to third they went up to first temporarily i mean this was wolves were not adventurous uh they played back they looked like they were just trying to Liverpool from scoring and they did, but Liverpool were also uncharacteristically bad, and then Origi saved them. Origi, Origi. Uh I don't know. He scored on your team in the Champions
0: League final. What's yeah. how do you say it? You've probably I think it's probably it. Divac Origi, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean he's 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 a good player, man. In, in you know, he's Liverpool. Like,
1: how is he not getting first team minutes somewhere? I just don't get it. He's so he's happy to stay in Liverpool and play like you know, 10 minutes every now and then it's just he seems like a class striker he always seems like he scores when he comes out there i just wonder how he's not getting first team minutes somewhere
0: i mean winning definitely helps you know yeah i guess so. i'm sure winning the champions league and premier league helps, but i think there'll be some point where he's either going to want those minutes you're talking about or a transfer to you know probably another west i would ham. think another club in europe <laughs> come to west ham we'll give you those minutes <laughs> are they going to give you that money though? Is is going to get, Antonio
1: is going to get hurt at some point. We'll give you those minutes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other games uh, you want to
0: touch on, man? Uh,
1: uh, Brentford leads two, two. That was a good one. Um, good big for the relegation battle. Manchester city took care of business against Watford. Uh, just absolutely dominant performance. I can't believe Watford even got a goal in that game, the way city, when city start playing like that, um, the way they played against West Ham, the way you saw them against Watford, like no club in the Premier League can keep up with them. No, it's just, not the I think they're going to win the title. I think Liverpool is going to give them a good race. I do think Chelsea, um, let's overreact. I think Chelsea might be starting to uh, come down from the Tuchel bounce. Uh, they looked like the Frank Lampard Chelsea a little bit. There were you know, some bad defensive mistakes against West Ham that have been uncharacteristic. Right. And they didn't play all that well against... Defensively, at least against Manchester
0: United, Just United didn't really have the quality to break them down. Um, and you got, to think, two of the goals against West Ham, or off of defensive lapses, like completely. And they
1: were overperforming their expected goals uh, by a good amount when they were leading the table earlier this season. So I All still right. think they're better than West Ham. I still think they're like right there, but I think there might be another gap. I think it's City and Liverpool, little gap, Chelsea. Gap West Ham and then Gap Spurs Arsenal Man United. Right. That's my that's my take and I think I feel like I, I said this. At m- the I think that's of the most year. people's take though. Yeah. Um, maybe 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 no, Chelsea. I think would, I think, no, I think no, most people with Chelsea
0: with the big two, with the with the big three. Chelsea
1: with the other big two. Right. I, I yeah. think there's a gap between those two and Chelsea.
0: Um, well, I've I've thought Chelsea a. You know, I always I feel like I talk a lot about. It. I don't think Chelsea's as good as their standing puts them at but you know they just keep on winning and proving me wrong time after time year after year but yeah i think you're yeah. definitely starting to see the chinks the kinks in the armor and that they're not as complete or well coached and managed a team as city and liverpool are yeah and does it get old with tuchel like we talked
1: about with the football thing if you're a disciplinarian if you're somebody who you know is harsh does that eventually get old yeah he seems to wear out well from everywhere though
0: he does, quickly. yeah. Like, yeah,
1: quickly. Just like uh, Mourinho, just like Conte. like These right. guys do seem – they come in, they're harsh, they win, and then they get out. Then they're out, right. Yeah. Um. All right, I think that's pretty good for Premier League. We got a great we- month of matches. Dan, you want to say one more thing?
0: We got one thing. We got to give some love to Newcastle when they win. Come on. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Newcastle beating Burnley <laughs> with their only quality player scoring the goal. <laughs> first, first points for Piff. <laughs> first points I for did Piff.
1: learn it's Piff. It's not P- I've been saying P-I-F, but I've been corrected
0: and told it's Piff. We say Piffs Piff.
1: For, Piffs first
0: points. Yeah, Piff's but first points. But I'd say we got to give a little love to Newcastle and, and, right. and New North, the fair Northerners. Yeah, um no, those are good that. Um enough. Matt, uh, please tell us where you're going to be. And with a bunch of other West fans being unbearable, West Ham supporters being unbearable together.
1: Oh, I'm good. Are you talking about when I go?
0: Or no, no, no. It's all you're on YouTube. So your um, your your cameo. Oh,
1: yeah. So I'm gonna be on. I did it once. Uh, I was on. It's called the American Hammers Network. Um, and I'm going to be on again tomorrow night from eight to 10 talking West Ham. So if you are here for some West Ham, tune into the American Hammers network and you can hear me probably won't be wearing this bouncing soul shirt, but maybe I will. Who knows? I wore a or Dimitri Payet jersey the last time I was on, but I didn't share that it was Dimitri Payet because I was worried about the backlash. Um, yeah. Otherwise that'll be fun. Before we go, Dan, I would like to ramp a little bit on the MLB lockout. If you think we have a few
0: minutes to do so. We have, give me give you five minutes. All right. Five minutes in the so, lockout. Go.
1: MLB is now officially locked out. Uh, it's not a big deal yet because this is just like a normal negotiating procedure. The owners have locked out the players, but I think we're not getting baseball this year and it's absolute bullshit. The problem with MLB right now is at any given moment, 10 to 15, 10, 15, 20 teams aren't trying to compete. They're not trying to win. They're just out there putting out a competent roster so that they can rake in money on advertisements, sponsorships, all of this shit. It's like tickets aren't even a big part of it anymore. It's the majority of the money comes from TV revenue, all of this other stuff. And they just don't give a fuck about the fans, the owners, they don't. Steve Cohen is spending money now. So that's cool. But like, that's awesome. And more owners should do that every single owner could spend the kind of money Steve Cohen is there's not a single owner who cannot afford to do that, but they're not going to because they care more about the profits. This is why promotion and relegation are so great because instead of being a franchise, it's a club and right. you're dependent on your supporters to make money and if your support dries up so does your financial help and it's you know whereas in baseball now because of these franchises, because of the way we do things in america at any given moment half the teams don't even have to worry about competing because there's no extra benefit financially to competing and all these owners care about is money yeah. um baseball has some really big problems i don't think they're going to be able to see eye to eye i really hope they can but uh I am thinking we're not going to have, I think we're going to waste a year of Max Scherzer. Which sucks.
0: Contract, I think one of the biggest sucks. things is also like baseball needs like a, like a salary cap floor. They need a floor for salary. A floor.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they need, they a, need floor, a floor, not a cap.
0: Not a cap. Uh, I, I like. I think
1: I actually think because owners are so cheap that um, you don't really need a cap. You just, maybe you do what you do now, which is, you know, the financial penalties for teams that go yeah. over. But like, I think that part's fine. Cause it actually, but you need a but floor, the
0: teams exactly. that are taking that like money from like the Yankees and Mets and Dodgers say they're some teams are just not reinvesting it into the team. They're, they're not the money. That's are why we Are the Baltimore need Orioles
1: trying to compete? Are Fuck the Cleveland no. Guardians trying to complete, compete? These so teams sometimes. are not trying to compete. Sometimes when they have good <laughs> players come through their farm system, but they don't right. do what it takes to hold on to them. Yeah. I mean, Max Scherzer is making more than the entire Cleveland Guardians roster. It's right. just that this shouldn't exist. There needs to be a salary cap floor of at least like 150 million. But the kind of money the league breaks in without even getting fans in the seats, they should be able to afford at least $150 million salary for And Agreed. if you can't afford that, get the fuck out and sell your team because right. you're bad for the league. Yes, yeah, I'd yeah. love to see the
0: Mets stomp all over the league, but it's not good. If teams aren't trying to compete. It's, yeah, I'd rather see the Mets stop over the league with every team trying. Exactly. Like, I want it to matter. No, I don't There's want it to be like the, I don't want it to be like the Braves World Series win. You have to put asterisks. Yeah, to where you out.
1: have to put an asterisk next to it because they fucking moved around the balls. Yeah, we don't even to
0: get into that. But yeah, I, I I think it's
1: sad we're heading for a lockout. I hope the players stay strong because it's not the owner. The owners are
0: the problem. It's not yeah. the players. I agree, man. The players don't Players don't want teams to not compete. It's the owners. So. Yeah. The players know when teams competing or teams are competing, that's only going to help their stock.
1: Every winning, year, winning helps primo their stock. Free agents every year. I mean, this is going to happen because not everybody can get a job with limited roster spots. But every year, there's shitty prospects who aren't ready for the big leagues getting big league roster spots while good players sit in free agency and don't get jobs. Remember, like Dallas Keuchel a few years ago, like just yeah, it's like may for somebody to year. sign him. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely baseball's stupid baseball fucking sucks right now because of stuff like this and yeah. they need to fix it that's my rant
0: and it, it's gonna to take a it's gonna take a lot to get the owners to agree to that but i think it's it might take a whole season of not playing ball and losing all that money for the owners to actually agree to a salary floor that's and i, I, and I and honestly i think a restart if there's no salary floor then it's a non-starter negotiations
1: i agree there yeah. needs to be 100, and I make it high,
0: 150 million. Yeah, spend some, fuck, everybody's, yeah. all these motherfucking owners have money. Spend the fucking they money. They all have money yeah. to spend. And make the game great right again.
1: Exactly. They, well, they don't care about that. They care about their sponsorship with a tire company that brings in an extra, you know, 10 million a year to their pockets or something like that, or TV contract being a little bit more. But what they don't realize, the short-sightedness of it all, and this goes down to also one of the practices I hate in American, the American business world. It's all about the profits today, with no thought, thought about some, of the long yeah. term whatsoever, the long term is all those sponsorships and TV deals are going to dry up if nobody watches and goes to baseball games.
0: Exactly, if your team sucks and no one's going to, no one, there's no eyes on the what you're on the sponsorship, no eyes on the advertising, then they're going to take their money away. You're 110 people, right.
1: We over we overvalue these people in our society. They are not that intelligent. They don't think like that. They don't. They're think greedy. They're term. not they intelligent. Just, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, cool, Dan. What do you got? Anything you're burning on?
0: Um, happy trails to uh, Corey from uh, the Athletic, who's now the Sharks beat writer. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it seems like it really seems it. like something gonna- he. Re- I'm happy for him. That seems like something he really wanted. Yeah. Um. You know, he seems to really like really like the Sharks a lot. But I'm uh, I'm kind of. Um, what's our What's the new the new lady's name? I can't think right of off the top of my head. It's uh, Shayna. Shayna, yes. Uh, I,
1: I don't know is she going to be our beat. I couldn't. I wasn't. She's. still she is. Like she's going to cover the
0: other teams a little bit. I I think she's but our beat writer with some extra work with Dom, and I I, I would think gonna, she's done covering I've been the Rangers her for a bit.
1: I've been reading her for a bit. You're going to like her. She's really yeah, good. I like so it. I read, to have
0: read. I've, I've yeah. read a lot. I've read some things. I've read a couple articles of her since she took the job, and I was like, okay, we're getting. We're not. We're not getting a downgrade here. So happy I trails to Corey Massias. Like- is that how you say his name? Massey yes, yeah. He's yeah. an Arsenal fan, by the way. Um Happy Trails, Corey Messias. <laughs> 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 but yeah, as he seems like this is what he he it seems like an end goal for him, like something he's been shooting for for a while to to get that job. So good for him. And uh good yeah. luck, Shayna. And you know, let's go devils, hopefully start turning around. Ties still yeah. suck.
1: And uh yeah, t- fuck ties. I'm so or no, ties are great. I'm sorry. sorry,
0: ties are. I said that wrong. We love ties, ties. are great, ties are great. Shootouts up. still suck. Fucking night. That's Javid. get me it all, all in. Fucking yeah. Getting me all goddamn yeah. shootouts are so fucking stupid. All right. We need
1: to wrap up, guys. We went long again tonight. Eventually, we're going to just stop apologizing for going long and just accept that maybe we go long. But, um, we'll get a 45 minute episode in someday. <laughs> One of these days, someday. we're going to have to do a One duo again. Our...
0: yeah. <laughs> One of these days, that could be the, the name. <laughs> 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 anyway, Matt, good talk to you as always. Good luck on good uh, with all you, you and your unbearable West Ham's uh, buddies tomorrow. Oh, thanks. Yeah, have a good one. <laughs> Take care.